Welcome to Soulful Connections. I'm Amanda Solar, your host. I started this podcast because I believe when we share our thoughts, our stories, and experiences, we help one another to create more meaningful lives. And I also think that an important part of life revolves around our search for meaningful connection. That seems to only happen when we get real about who we are and we authentically share that. So listen in, try to answer these questions yourself, and let's connect. Okay, so here are some things that I know about Rick Toon. I'm just going to start off, Rick, by telling just a few factoids that I think are factoids. And you can then tell me that they're not true. So here we go. I know that Rick moved to Mexico with his love and partner in crime in about 2016. I know that he once made a Super Bowl commercial. I know that he met Dinah Shore who for the kiddos is a talk show host from, I think the 1970s. Um, she was a singer, she dated Burt Reynolds. And here's a little known Amanda fact, I would run home from school every day and watch talk shows. So she was like a regular part of my after school life. Um, other things about Rick, he's a videographer. He's really unique and special. I think he's originally from Virginia. I know he lived one time in California. <laughs> So welcome, Rick Toon. Oh, thanks, Amanda. Well, you're almost. What did I get right? Well, you got right that I grew up in Virginia. (laughs) So, so fix the things I got wrong. All right. So I have done over fifty Super Bowl commercials. Wow. Um, It wasn't Dinah Shore. It was Candace Bergen. Oh. Uh, That I did a talk show with her with Oxygen Network. Uh, what was the first thing you said? Oh, I moved to Mexico in 2017. Mexico. In 2017. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know what else you said, but but you're close enough. You well, know, sometimes the details don't matter as much as the conversation. So, well, what I, is it? First of all, explain what you do professionally. Can you do that? I can do that. I I have been a lot of things in my life. But when you reach a certain number of decades, you have done a lot. So therefore, what do I do? Currently, I am a marketing consultant and I focus mostly on video and I focus on telling stories to the buyers during the various parts of the buyer's journey. So selling is and marketing is not just, hey, buy my crap. It's where are you in the process of buying? Do you know about this? Are you ready to buy? Are you thinking about buying? And I learned all this way back when, when I lived in LA working in TV commercials, when you realize that Ford for 40 years now has been selling the F-150 truck the same way. They do three different spots. One is towing power, one is family comfort, and the other is payload or how much it can carry, right? 
So two of those are for the guys. One of those is for the mom, family comfort. The buyer is the mom. The mom always is the one that says, yes, honey, you can buy the truck, right? So you have to appeal to her. So is it comfortable inside? Does it have airbags for the kids? Does it have a built-in car seat? These are all the things that the buyer wants to know. But the other things are to get the guy enticed to want because he wants the truck so he can buy the fishing boat, which he doesn't have yet. He wants the truck so he can build the patio, which he hasn't done yet. So his, you're selling him the dream of getting everything he wants, but you're really selling her on the purchase. So when you think about everything as the buyer's journey, it gets complicated in that, but that's a very simple process. That's what I do is I help people tell those stories to do that. And you do it from Mexico. So can you explain, you know, what compelled you when I, when I knew you in person, you were here in Bucks County where I am. So what compelled you to pick up and change your life and, and live in Mexico? Well, uh, the, the simple answer that I tell everybody is Jen said, I'm moving to Mexico. If you want to stay with me, you got to pack your bags and go. Okay. That wasn't a hard decision. Uh, we didn't like winters. We were ready for a change. The last kid of mine was going off to college. She was going three states away, athletic scholarship on a year round sport, never going to see her. The other kid already lived 10 minutes away, never saw him unless we invited him for dinner, in which case, depending on which game he was playing at the time, if he could be bothered to come have dinner with us. Kids grow up. That's part of life. I moved 3,000 miles away from my parents and never regretted it. So I encourage my kids to do the same. Uh, When we started looking around, we wanted somewhere that was warm, sunny, beach, walkable, and lower cost of living. You know, Bucks County is expensive. And we we were looking at alternatives for that. So uh, we came up with Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And we came down and looked at it and went, okay, this is good enough. We sold everything we owned, everything. I mean, everything. We moved here with six suitcases and a cat and we haven't left. We figured once we had, once we were down to six suitcases and a cat, we could go anywhere we wanted. And the reality is we found a place that we call home. We have friends here. We have a life here. We can, we both work online. We were working online before we left. So that, that part of it didn't uh, phase us really. So we, we just said, let's try it. Cause you know, if, if you don't try it, you don't know, but I've always done that. When I was uh, fresh out of college, I got a job. I live in Richmond and I got a job in Baltimore. Knew no one in Baltimore, packed up my Subaru wagon and moved to Baltimore, lived there for two years. It was, the job was great. I did not like Baltimore, but that's a whole different story. But there I did rock and roll tours. I worked with, I was Whitney Houston's lighting designer. I did Ronald Reagan's inauguration. I toured with Hart and Grover Washington Jr. and Engelbert Humperdinck. And I worked with the Temptations and the Four Tops a lot. And, you know, like I just had these amazing experiences. And I realized at a certain point I couldn't move forward with that. So I loaded up my Subaru wagon again and I drove to California and I moved to LA with not no, I knew three people in town, no job, no nothing. And 20 years later, I moved back and had an amazing career in Hollywood. I loved it. It was awesome. Uh, it was time for me to leave when I did. And we moved to Bucks County. I did not love Bucks County. So we were there. The kids finished school. We moved to Mexico. And right now, the Caribbean Sea is about 300 meters that away. Which that sounds those, great. 
for those of you that don't know, it's a thousand yards. So 10 football fields away is the Caribbean Ocean. Well, I have to ask you, what do you think is, what do you think it is about you that enables you to do that? That's unusual. I mean, most people are attracted to stability and safety and security. And if you've got a good gig going, that's fine. You know, let's mm-hmm. not rock the boat. What, what is it about you that enables you to just say, you know what, now I'm, I'm moving in this direction? Uh, I guess I'm a curious person. I, I like to f- know things, like to find out things. I'm always, I'm always learning something new. And the reality is nothing is permanent. That whole permanent record thing is not permanent. Nothing is permanent. When, my, when I was moving to California, my mother was crying. Oh, I can't believe you're leaving me. And my sister's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And my stepfather was like, I don't know why you leave a perfectly good job. And my dad says, well, if it doesn't work, the road goes both ways. And that piece of information has guided me through so much because it's true. We moved to Mexico. If we didn't, right. If we didn't make it here, we can go anywhere. We can always go back. There's no, there's, there's nothing that says that you have to do certain things. I also, I haven't had a permanent job, you know, since the eighties, since I left the rock and roll company. Uh, I, I did work for, um, Oxygen Network for about six months at one point. That was the steadiest job I ever had with a weekly paycheck. But I've always been able to work. I've always made money. I've always been in demand, so to speak. And I, I just don't think about that failure as an option. You just land on your feet and you go. I mean, fortunately, I'm with Jen and she feels the same way. She's, she's done a lot of the same types of things that I have over the years. And we just know that we'll make it. Really wonderful and inspiring. Now, here's a pragmatic question for you, Rick. So when I think of moving to Mexico, I think that I wouldn't survive because of the water, you know, and things of that nature. Like, (laughs) I know that's crazy, but does that impact you drinking the water there and that kind of thing? No, you know, what's funny is in the United States, because I can't say the Americans, because we're all Americans, people in Mexico mm-hmm. and Canada are also Americans. And if you live mm-hmm. here, you find that out quickly. So uh, in the United States, there are certain standards that we have. If you go to Russia, it's different. If you go to Turkey, it's different. If you go to Italy, it's different. If you go to Brazil, it's different. So the fact that it's different here isn't an option when it's the same here as it is throughout the rest of the world. Our air conditioning units are different. We have what they call the mini splits, the thing that hangs on the wall. We don't have central air here. We have to order water. Yep, we have the water guy come every two weeks and he brings six five-gallon jugs that we drink water from. Um, It's just part of the life here. We also have Rappi deliver food to us or Uber Eats, which is the same you do in the States. We have uh, food delivery from the supermarket, same as you do in the States. You know, we, a lot of, we eat a lot of delivery, so water is just part of them. And honestly, what we do is we time it so that well, there's one day every two weeks that the housekeeper comes, the water delivery comes, the food comes, so that we're being efficient with the day of deliveries and not like every day we're having to wait for somebody to show up. Yeah. What is um, a typical day? Like, I want to ask you what is a typical day and then like, what's a perfect day? 
<laughs> a, a typical. And maybe day, they're the same. <laughs> uh, not not yet. I wish they were. A typical day is a day like today. I wake up about seven thirty eight o'clock. Uh, this morning, usually I go for walks in the morning. I go for four miles for an hour every morning. But we're doing this call earlier than than I, I normally. Disturbed you. You did. My beauty sleep is suffering, but oh well. Uh, and I go for a walk, and and I come back, and then I you know check my emails, do, do my day, I have breakfast, shower, you know, the usual things, and then end up working till like four or five, and then we stop. That's a typical day. Uh, a perfect day is really waking up and going to the beach, but going to see something in the area. This is a playground of activities here. There's cenotes, there's beaches, there's ruins, there's all these other things that people don't even know about that you can do, like cow ceremonies and sound baths and all this stuff oh. it's a very um retreaty kind of place spiritual place not that i'm very spiritual at all but these things are all possible here in addition to just outdoors everything is outdoors here the restaurants there's very few indoor restaurants here there's very few restaurants with air conditioning here so in the summer you if you're going to go out to dinner you really plan accordingly because it's so freaking hot uh but for the most part you know hanging out you go to a rooftop pool party, you go to the beach. Saturday, we were at the beach. We had at a beach club. There were 20 people there, you know, that kind of dropped in throughout the day. It's just, that's, that's what I would like to be doing, except you can't do nothing all the time. I, I will never retire. I will never stop doing something. We have friends that are very happy doing that. I just can't do it. I, I've got to be busy. So what fuels you? What drives you? What motivates you? What kind of like lights up your, your passion to, to not do nothing all the time? <laughs> uh, well, the fact that I'm curious is one thing, but I also, I love helping people. I just, you know, I look at my uh, marketing because that's really what I do. But what I'm really doing is I'm helping the people that need help so that they can make more money. They can have uh, better employees, they can pay their bills, they can do whatever it is they're doing. I don't work with giant companies. I work with, you know, a lot of mom and pops that are, but they have to be making money and be able to afford me. I'm not working cheap. I'm, I'm still charging U.S. rates. Most of my clients are in the U.S. Most of Jen's clients, funny enough, are in Europe now. She does a lot of writing for European clients. And it, both of us, just really, we like what we do. We're curious. We, we're happy. We help people. And it gives us a purpose to find those little things. Um, I work with a nonprofit here. And we were talking about uh, that they're a big gala. Like, okay, who are your biggest donors? And obviously, you would think it's the expats. Well, when you go look at the data from years past, there are more expats that donate to them. But the highest dollar people are the locals. It's the local Mexicans. Not as many of them, but they donate more. So it's like you really put that in perspective. So now our marketing efforts are marketing to a few of the high net worth people here because there are, there are a lot of high net worth Mexicans. Not everybody is a poor, and this is not a, the poorest country you can think of in the cities. If you go out into the suburbs, a whole different story. But you look at the data and stuff like digging into that kind of data, I just find that so interesting that it keeps you going and go like, okay, so how do we do this now? How do we do this? How do we do this? Because there's so many ways to slice and dice everything now. 
Can I skip back? Did you say that there are cow ceremonies or did I mishear that? It's cacao, chocolate ceremonies. Oh, cacao. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm you just can picturing get... you all celebrating a cow. Oh, cacao, <laughs> that a chocolate ceremony sounds great. Yeah, so they do this chocolate ceremony where, you know, you go sit in a circle and the drum beats and you close your eyes and they like dance around and they sing and they smack you with weeds and palm fronds and stuff. And they do this whole ceremony and on the ground are laid out the coffee beans in a certain way and the cacao has been cooking in the pot in the center and the over the fire. And then when it's ready, they pour the cacao into a cup and everybody sips it. And it's just, you know, it's an experience. I, I, like I said, I, I'm not into all that kind of stuff, but a lot of people are, and they really believe it and all the things you can do, but it's a huge. I would be right there. <laughs> yeah, you would. There, there's a lot of people that are right there. And you know what, <laughs> if that's what you like, that's great. Yeah. You know, um, I don't do yoga. Oh my it's gosh, how, Rick, you're missing out. <laughs> I know. And I've tried, I, I don't, I don't do classes well. No, I don't, I'm just, it's just not my thing. Jen does I it. I get it. Jen goes yeah. to dance classes. She goes to the uh, sound baths, you know, the gonging and they, the meditation and you fall asleep and you basically you fall asleep on a mat and there's somebody banging a gong right above your head. I, well, mean, the, I would totally be all over that. Oh, you would love it. And everybody should do it and try it and see if it works for you. It just, I, for me, I, I don't feel I need that. I'm not interested in that so much. I've, I've done it all, but I'm not going back. You're not like a repeat customer. No. But, <laughs> they need to work on their marketing with you or maybe not. <laughs> but Jen is in the WhatsApp gong bath group. She's in the WhatsApp yoga group. She's in the WhatsApp sunrise yeah. uh, new moon group. I mean, all that stuff is here. Now, right before we hit record, I stopped you from telling me a story about the talk. Was it the talk show? I just mentioned to you, my dog was under, as we're talking, you and I are talking, my dog is under the table where I am um, chewing a little pretend squirrel. <laughs> and you said, I have a story. And I said, wait, save it. Okay. So my dog under the table, when I, I used to have a Newfoundland in California, she was a very petite, 130 pound chocolate Newfoundland bronze is what they call it. And I took the dog to work with me all the time. The dog was huge and she, I could, I could do this and point and she would lay down and she wouldn't move until I told her to move. She was extremely well-trained. So we had this big dog and I took her almost everywhere I went. The uh, Candace Bergen loved my dog. I would bring her to, the, to work and she just loved the dog. And the wardrobe people hated me because Candace would come out and get her tea in the morning and she would be all in white and she would kneel down in her white clothes and she would literally kneel on the floor and then lay on the floor and do this to the dog and talk oh, to the dog and she would get up and her knees would be dirty and she had to go change clothes and the wardrobe people blame me because I had the dog. Well, Candace wanted the dog. So one day I had the dog there and Hillary Clinton was the guest. So Hillary comes in, they sit at this table the, I mean, at the, in their chairs with this coffee table. And my dog, for whatever reason, decides to walk over and lay underneath the table. And I'm like, oh, stop going, you know, out, come on, out. And she, she wasn't moving. And Candace goes, it's okay, just leave her there. So Candace takes her shoes off. Hillary takes her shoes off. They did the entire segment, petting the dog with their feet underneath the oh, table. Oh, that's so cute. That just makes me love Candace Bergen 
even more actually. <laughs> uh, she, she, uh, you know, she's fabulous. Most of, the, most of the celebrities actually, when you're working with them are fabulous. That is really, really cool. Uh, um, what about, you know, I love, I normally ask people if they have like a quote or a mantra or something that they really love or they go back to, or that inspires them. And I'm wondering, is yours, what you told me that your father said, is that your, is that something that uh, you refer back to? Is there something else? Uh, you know, I was always told I could do whatever I wanted. I could be whatever I wanted, except my father also told me I couldn't go to college. He wasn't going to pay for it. It wasn't worthwhile. I could work in the factory like he did. Um, he, he was this mixed bag of, of information. Yes. He didn't say not to go to college. He just said he wasn't going to pay for college. So if I wanted to go, I had to figure it out. So initially I didn't go to college. I stayed out a semester. I worked in a factory. I hated it. And I said, I'm going to college because I don't know what else to do. Turned out to be a really smart move. Um, and it wasn't the, the education was very helpful, but it was actually the people I met, which is what got me to Baltimore. It's what got me to Los Angeles. The three people I knew in LA, I'd gone to college with. And that's how the snowball happened, you know? So if I hadn't gone to college, I never would have met those people. What was your major? Technical theater. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I have a BFA in technical theater. And I, and I went to that school because it was a BFA because math and science are not my friend. So I had to take no math, no science, no economics, no psychology. Everything was art related. So while I'm not the artist per se with the you know, drawing abilities, <clears throat> I've always made my money creating entertainment and art in some way. Very cool. And that's amazing. And that's amazing that you found that at such a young age. Yeah, I had a, a argument with a business partner of mine one time. It was an argument. It was just a disagreement. His daughter, who was an artist, wanted to go to school for that. And he told her she couldn't make any money doing that and that she needed to go to get a business degree. And I said, that's false. You're wrong. You know, and he, he just would not listen. And when you think about all the different opportunities you have when you're an artist, that you'll have the same opportunities as a business person. It's just a different way of how you look at it and how you approach it. And I just look at everything as oh, we can do whatever we want. We're, we're, we have the ability to learn and educate ourselves to do something different. You know, I mean, I know there's quite a few of the people you've had on your podcast and I know their stories and I know that people like, you know, Chuck has had a very different trajectory than when I first met him. You know, he, he was, yeah. he was a corporate guy and now he's doing something very different, you know, and there's just so many people that if they don't get locked into what they're doing and believe there's not an, an opportunity for an exit, they can do anything. I'm having this with my kids right now. One kid wants to live in a van and teach yoga by the river. The other works for a, a large financial company doing, you know, uh, plans for retirement. And to me, I'm like poking my eyes out at that one and, and telling Marina, yes, go live in a van, do what you got to do. You're 22, go live in a van. Of course. I'm totally right. encouraging that, you know? Yep. And it's just, the world is not permanent. The world is changing faster now than ever. I mean, we live in a place now where crypto is king. I mean, it's unbelievable the number of people that are in crypto right now. So that's our latest thing is learning that, you know, oh. it's, it's constant. And is it a scam? Is it a Ponzi scheme? I don't know. Is the internet a Ponzi scheme? It, people thought it was in the beginning till it wasn't. 
right. don't know about don't know about this whole blockchain and crypto thing yet but we haven't spent a ton of money to learn but we will we'll figure it out if it's something we'll, it'll be good if it's not we won't do it and that's how you we approach everything is you try it you just try it go talk to ashton kutcher <laughs> yeah um what do you wish for yourself and what do you wish for others mm. i you know i said this the other day to somebody and I've said it a lot in my life, and you, you may have heard me say it, is I really just want people to be happy. I want people to laugh. I, I, if you, you know me, you know that I, I'm always trying to make people laugh. I'm always trying to find humor in a situation, something to lighten the air. I'm, I'm not a heavy person. I don't, I don't like drama. I don't like all that stuff. So what I, I really want people to be happy. I want people to lighten up. And I can tell you, living in a foreign country like this, it really changes your attitude. Not that mine needed changing a lot, but it did. But when you get here, you just go, wait, these people are super nice. The first six weeks we were here, we realized this is a, how can I help you culture and not a what's in it for me culture. Oh. And wow. uh, the language barrier is not an issue here because the town we live in is a very tourist town, but a lot of the waiters, they don't speak English. I mean, you order the menu in Spanish and, and, if they don't understand something, there's a whole lot of sign language. There's a whole lot of pointing and everybody does it with a smile and they get you there. We had a taxi cab one night, Jen wanted, when we first moved here, Jen wanted to go to the salsa event. She's a uh, salsa, she danced dance salsa in Philadelphia. And uh, she took a photo of a poster in a bathroom wall and she wanted to go to this event, but we didn't know where. So we get in the taxi cab and she shows the taxi driver the picture. We drive over here, we drive over there. He stops and asks three different people, nobody, no. finally we find it. And the guy was like wow. laughing the whole time. He found this location based on a picture taken on a bathroom nice. wall. And he didn't charge us any more than the fare that it always costs to go from point A to point B, which is how it works here. It's not, taxis aren't metered by the minute. It's just a fixed fee based on zones. So he charged us the lowest fare you can do. And we were in his car for half an hour and he found the place. Wow. And that's the type of people, that, that's what Mexico was about. The whole Mexico's dangerous and all this stuff is such BS. Is there crime? Yes. Is there crime in Philadelphia? Yes. You know, uh, yeah. is, there, is there crime everywhere? Yes. So depending on how you look at it, but the culture here is a giving culture. It's uh, they, they have fun, they laugh, the, they work hard, but they enjoy their time, they enjoy family. And I'm not super into the whole family thing like some people are, but I can tell you that makes a difference in people's happiness. You know, I have to just ask you one other thing because you know how I said, it's very unusual for people to uh, pivot and change direction. It's also some of the things that you say are unusual um, in society. You almost have to have a certain strength of character to be able to say, hey, I'm not really into the whole family thing like some people are, <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> I'm not spiritual. You know, these are all um, kind of going against the status quo type of things, honestly, Rick. So to what do you attribute that? I don't know, you know, uh, I'm just me. I, I, you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'll tell you exactly what I think. I don't, I don't have a hidden agenda. 
I stopped arguing with people about politics on Facebook a couple of years ago because it's not going to change anyone's mind, even though my opinion is my opinion. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I don't know where it comes from, to be honest. Uh, my dad was always pretty open about stuff and just pretty direct. You know, he wasn't prejudiced, but, you know, one of his best friends was a black man, but he wasn't prejudiced until you listen to him actually talk. And, but he, he was born in 1936. He grew up in a different era. He grew up in tobacco fields. And is that culture? Is that racist? Is that just environment? So I, at a younger age, I realized these things about him and about my family, and I didn't agree with them. On, I didn't see things differently than they did. And I don't know why that is. I still, I still don't see things the same as my sister, uh, who we're five years apart. She lives, still lives in Richmond. We have the same degree from the same college. But our lives have been 180 from each other. Right. And I guess I've just always kind of followed my own path to some, yeah. even that's a kind of a cliche. Uh, I mean, I love my family. I love, nobody knows their kids more than me. They were just here for right. a week and we had a blast. You know, I do like my family, but the extended family, all of that stuff, I'm just, I moved to Pennsylvania instead of moving to Virginia so that I didn't have to wonder if my brother-in-law's brother was going to go to his in-laws for Father's Day, or if we were doing something with my father on Father's Day and where the cookout was, and you know, I, I just didn't want to deal with that. I'd been in California for 20 years, already living on my own. I didn't. Right want to come right. back to being that and you know what my dad said he said boy I'm glad you're not living in my backyard because I don't need to see you every day right and and you know so, the fact that you could see things that were wrong in in society and still love the person who might be saying something that's wrong but recognize it and move forward with your belief says something about you that's very positive yeah, we have friends here, uh, another couple named Rick and Jennifer. Last wow. winter, uh, they lived next door to us. We live in a building, there's 21 condos in this building, and there's three of us that live here full-time. The rest are all Airbnb. So they were here last winter, Rick and Jennifer, and they are uh, polar opposites when it comes to political beliefs and everything else about it. But they love being here. They love living here. We're friends with them. If I had an emergency, if I called them, they would drop everything in a heartbeat and come help, you know? Yeah. So we can agree to disagree. We don't talk about anything because of politics, because they're opinions. Our, 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 our opinions about politics don't matter unless we're actually doing something about it. Yeah. None of us are actually yeah. working in the system to make a change. We're just grumbling about it. So- Yeah. We go to the beach clubs, we go to rooftops. I see them on my walks in the morning. They walk every morning on the beach. They love the local culture. And you just have to accept people. I think a lot of people are wrong, <laughs> but that's, that's my judgment. And you know, yeah. maybe I shouldn't have that, but I do because we all have judgment. Um, that's one of the biggest things that uh, in marketing, you have to overcome all the objections, which are judgments about a product, about a this, about a price, about a, will it help me? All these things are all things you have to overcome. So everybody has judgment, whether they want to admit it or not. It's just how much you need to express your judgment. The other thing is I don't have to be right. I'm okay with not being right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a biggie. And that's a rarity as well. But maybe that authenticity is what I read. This one of my favorite qualities in a person is authenticity. I just... 
I'd rather somebody almost be mean than be inauthentic. Right, right. Um, and so maybe that's why I gravitated towards you when I first met you. I love the refreshing quality of somebody who is exactly who they are and not trying to be something different. So. Yeah, I got nothing to hide, nothing to prove, nothing, nothing, nothing. You know, I, I really do. I want people to be happy. I want people to have a good time. I want people to succeed. I want everyone to win. I'm a big believer that's a win-win situation for everybody. Well, Rick, I hope that you have a day that's filled with beach parties <laughs> and rooftop escapades. <laughs> that will not be my day today, but I wish it for you. And I thank you so much for doing this. So much. You're quite anytime. You're one of my favorite people. I mean, how could I say, how could I say no to Amanda? Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. Giant thank you goes out to show advisor, Roseanne Griffiths, the talented musician, Bill Aronson, who wrote, produced, performed the Soulful Connections theme song. And a thank you goes out to Brad Sanders for creating the Soulful Connections logo. Love it. That's new this year. So much gratitude to these guys and to my friends and family who continue to listen and guide me And once again, to you for listening, I would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email at soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-F-U-L-L-I-F-E at gmail.com.